Hi, good morning, Night Vale listeners, fans, owners, and future patrons. Yes, we said it, patrons. We are launching a Patreon. So we can do cool things like bring you more fun slash weird content and have some cash to pay our editors and mixers. If you were thinking I'd love to buy those Good Morning Night Vale hosts a beer or a froyo or two semesters of tuition at mortuary school. Now you can, but instead of beers and yogurt and embalming fluid, it's cash so we can use it to keep bringing you this show. We have great perks for our patrons, like ad-free episodes and exclusive backstage tour videos and pictures, including video from our recent trip to White Castle. It was fine. Totally fine. Plus, a bonus monthly fan zone only episode, bi-monthly live fan zones, shout-outs in the credits, recipes, and food recs from the cast. I, Hal Lublin, will make scones for you on the internet. Plus, monthly weird, personalized gifts and snacks delivered by mail from the cast. I have a lot of weird Night Vale shit in my house, and for the right price, it's coming your way. And the opportunity to be a guest on Good Morning Night Vale on the future episode of your choice. And more. If you love us or even just like us, check out our Patreon and keep our love alive with your sweet, sweet cash. Go to patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. That's patreon.com. Good morning, Night Vale. We are forever in your hearts. And in your earbuds. And in your bank accounts. It's fine. We We love love you. you. All that glitters is not gold. Particularly that thing over there. That's maybe a giant insect of some sort. It's really too dark to tell. Good morning, Night Vale. friends it's me symphony and it is me meg and i am hal and this (laughs) is good morning night vale the podcast where three people who are the cast of welcome to night vale talk about welcome to night vale episode by episode and react and listen to some of your theories and suggestions we go behind the scenes we do everything it's great where have you been Welcome. We do everything. We do it all. <laughs> We're this a is a one-stop shop. Yeah, we are full-service podcasts. We do it all. We really well, do. We do. Uh, we ask no questions. In well, tell no lies. In mm. this episode, cookies. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> I, guys, I, okay, cookies. Well, did you ever see that movie? It was like, you guys want some cookies? Corky Romano. Yes. Okay, that one. And then also the one more recently is Get These Cookies. Do you know who that is? Al Gore. Miss Vangie. Miss Vangie. Miss Vangie. Vangie. She's from one of the drag programs. Yes, she is from the drag program that I enjoy for all you drag race chasers out there. All right. But anyway, in this episode's cookies, <laughs> it's Girl Scout cookies time in Night Vale, plus updates from Koshak and Dana, a safety announcement from the highway department, and a magnanimous gesture from station management. Let's talk about it! We sure can. What I love about uh, this episode is that 
Girl Scout cookies, which is a thing that is It's America, a time-honored tradition. It's a time-honored tradition that's very popular in America. And yes. in Night Vale, it's this similar thing. Like, it's the, yeah. the rules are kind of the same, which I think is interesting that it's not something that really, I mean, of course, it gets wildly out of hand and is used by an evil corporation to harm people. But it's like it, the premise in of the it. End. Yeah, the premise of it is the same as it is in our world, which I think is interesting, especially the premise of like parents totally flaking and being like, oh shit, someone's got to buy all the cookies. We got to like. Well, of course, I know. And we I, I will talk about Steve Carlsberg's neglect as a parent, but in a mm. minute, in a minute, hold on, in a minute. However, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. Let- Remember that from yes, Saturday morning yes. cartoons? Every time I bring that up, no one ever gets it. I'm in like, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, because <laughs> it's the fish. He's in the water. Yeah, he can't say in a minute. He's like, <laughs> um, what is you guys' favorite Girl Scout cookie? I'll, I'll start. I like the plain old. Uh, what are those? A trofoils, trifoils. It's the shortbread Trifoil? ones. Trifoil. Trafoil, whatever. It's the yeah. shortbread ones. And I also like the lemon smiles. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about y'all? I like the caramel delight. I also really like the tag along, which is the chocolate peanut butter application. Ooh. <laughs> you put it on your nails. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is a brief application. It will last you a month. I, I enjoy, I assume that the caramel delights are the same as Samoa's. They are. Yeah. See, there are two, this is very interesting for people who don't know this, there are two different bakeries that produce the Girl Scout cookies, and depending on where you are and what bakery the the cookies come from, they have different names, and there are slight variations in the recipe, although they are generally the same. And my favorite is is shaped a little bit like a flower one way, and like a flat disc the other, but either way, give me those Thin Mints. Um, We have definitely a lot of fans who write into us concerning these after we discussed them. I believe, was it cassette where we talked about them the first like we we talked about girl scouts right yeah we talked we've talked Mm -hmm. about the cookies a lot before and people have written in to tell us lots of things about them and so i I appreciate that we are all connected in our love for girl scout cookies i've yet to meet a person who's like you know what fuck those girl scout cookies i can i would rather have a hydrox you know (laughs) wow (laughs) the original sandwich cookie yeah sometimes sometimes (laughs) you can improve upon the original let that be said you can you can, but I, oh, have man, you tried these the Oreo thin thins? They're delicious. No, I want They're a full new. Oreo. Well, all right, but why? It's less calories or something. Come, do we but need? Is, do I need a lower calorie option for my Oreo? Like, yeah. there's no such thing I as half know. measures. I think also maybe it's just like an easier, like pop them, pop them in your mouth sort of snack. Yeah. Do you think a, or a regular Oreo is a, is an easy snack for you to? I can fit a few of those in my mouth and be just fine. At one time, how many? Yeah, I've never. You know, I've never tested. How many? It. Test it now that right uh, now. Maybe we'll do that as Patreon only content when we hit. How many? How many patrons do we have right now? Do we know what our count is? Some. Okay. When I think one hundred and sixteen. I'll tell you what. When we hit a hundred and seventy-five, hundred seventy-five individual patrons. I will do a piece of video content where I will see how many Oreos I can fit in my mouth. I will do it oh, on I, a Saturday, which is my cheat day. I would join in on that. I'll do yeah. it too. Hey, why not? Let's each do it. We'll, do, <laughs> we'll each do like an intro, and then it'll be spliced together. It'll be like like a three, a third, third, third of the oh, screen. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And we'll see how many each Real of us can stuff our mouth. Real artistic-like. I think mm-hmm. that's the Night Vale content that people crave. Yeah. <laughs> is me, Is all of us stuffing food in our mouths? That's what we need. Yeah. For goodness sakes. 
of my skills, like there's a number of things that I'm good at. Like I'm a very good driver. This is just me an opportunity to brag on myself. I'm a very good driver. Mm-hmm. I consider mm-hmm. myself uh, a formidable comedian. I feel like I'm a, mm-hmm. a really good cook. The thing that I am best at in life is getting food into my body. Yeah. It is the thing that surpasses all of my other talents is to be able to make food go from the outside of my body to the inside of my body in varying degrees of quickness and volume. It is my greatest life skill. That's a solid talent. It's a survival skill, too. It keeps you alive. Or in my case, it slows, slows my life down. <laughs> keeps you know me it's a double-edged sword. Less alive going forward, but for the current time, it's normal. Yeah, yes, says doctors. Yeah, yeah. they don't so know. They all went to upstairs medical school. They don't know. Um, no, they used to be all barbers. Like, come on, please. <laughs> what do That's they know? Fine. Listen, I'm not all that impressed with doctors. I've, I've been to some, and... And I'm always like, you know, this like what? Like what? Like I always come to them with a problem. They're like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, but then why does it feel like a big deal? And they have no answer for that. And then you say, gotcha. Gotcha. Tease the controversy. And you, you like point um. at them. Um, well, speaking of doctors, let's talk about the injustice of Kashek losing an eye mm-hmm. and never being able to move the same because of his leg. Um, yeah. But... Cecil did get to hold him. Yeah. They had a romantic love. I don't know if it was a romantic love. I would hope not. I think there's a romantic love between, I mean, like, (laughs) not sexual, like, uh, a platonic love. Like he wants to marry the cat, but not sleep with the cat. Familial love. (laughs) Yeah. Familial love. Okay. Maybe that's more accurate, but I mean, I don't know. I loved my cat. Listen, if you if you want to come out right now and say that your head canon Cecil and Kashuk have a sexual relationship, no, mm-hmm. that is not at all what I think at all. I just think their lo- the love for Kashuk is greater than Cecil could have ever imagined, and um, ever expected himself to be capable of loving another creature. But it's in no way sexual. It's more. If anything, like a parental love. There you go. Sorry, I say romantic for a lot of things. I say romantic when I dim the lights in my spin class. It's not romantic, <laughs> but I get a laugh every time. I'm like, <laughs> I made- <laughs> hey, I'm going to make it romantic in here. And people are like, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, and, and I'm like, then, welcome like, you, to my house of pain, bitch. <laughs> you catch three of them making out with the handlebars at the end. <laughs> no, I hope they don't because that is probably gross. Oh, yeah. There's definitely some sort of strep virus, strep bacteria there that is, like that is un- unkillable. Yeah, it is <laughs> resistant to all the antibiotics. Unkillable by modern medicine, especially modern medicine as prescribed by doctors. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of romantic love, uh, a love that Cecil does not have for his psh, brother-in-law, Steve Carlsberg, we finally wow. get revealed who Steve is and we are... Uh, the door is cracked open as to why Cecil has such animosity for Steve because it's his brother-in-law, a natural natural enemy. enemy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, of uncles everywhere. I have to say, when I was listening to this, I, my thought was like that's not fair. He's basically <laughs> single parenting it right now. He's doing the best he can to take care of his of his daughter. And yeah, sometimes a thing will slip through the cracks. Sure. But we don't know the extent, you know, look, it's proven that Cecil's an unreliable narrator. And in my, in my brain, where Steve Carl, Carlsberg is a perfect angel who can do no wrong. Well, he, he names a bunch of, like, 
things like that make him kind of like. I think it's made up. Oh, you think he's just like being saying things spitefully? I think things are being blown out of proportion mm. about him. I will say that you will get a chance to defend Steve's honor in the fan zone. Yeah, well, you know what? Stick a pin in this. But I always, I, it is. <laughs> Just for those of you listening, I do always listen to things through like a Steve Carlsberg lens, and I imagine what his reality is in that moment. And the truth is always going to be in between what Cecil reports and what Steve is actually doing. And that's the fun gray area of it is I play what I think is the truth, and Cecil will play what he thinks is the truth. So when we do scenes together, that always makes for an interesting mix. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the the you, the truth from which your acting comes. It's that you you are operating by a set of rules that is different than the set of rules that Cecil is operating under. Then those rules come together live on stage. That's right. And an uncomfortable that's... hug most of the time. Yeah. Live on stage. Oh, I'm gonna get that hug every time I'm out there. I will. I will swing him around. He likes it on it. He likes it. Of course. Deep, deep down. Deep down. Of course. Way yes. way deep. He doesn't want to admit it. I can't wait for a 2020 script where Cecil Cecil's character is tasked with having to hug Steve and like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I turn and I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> yes. So through uh, next up in the script, we start, he starts alluding to the whole Strux Corp management thing. Uh, but before that happened, before he actually ends up talking, to Lauren before Lauren comes on. Dana comes in from the netherworld. By the way, she talks about how she's able to kind of like blink into our reality by kind of looking peripherally. Mm -hmm. I always get scared by things in my periphery. Like it could be like a hair or a bug or something. And I'm like, oh, like, like the, like the time we were recording and we said there was a ghost behind you and you were like, stop, stop it. I can't be scared stop. now, Hal. I'm not in my home. I'm in someone else's home that is for sure ghost free. At least none of your are ghosts you sure? are there. Yeah. None, none of, of my yeah. ghosts. None of my ghosts. They're all some stranger's ghosts. It's like, ah, oh, someone else's, someone else's sheets, someone else's <laughs> breakfast cereal, someone else's ghosts. They don't want to fuck yeah. with you. Yeah. Hey, are you, are you down with OPG? Other people's ghosts. <laughs> Are you down? You know me. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, that's right. But uh, so what's interesting about when Dana is uh, coming through as, uh, you know, speaking of other OPG, she's kind of like OPG for herself in the future. Yeah. Because she goes like when she like looks side, she goes all these places. Right. And then she looks sideways and she's at a birthday party for like her brother or whatever. And he's going to be 33. But that's like years ahead. And she's important. Dun, dun, dun. Spoilers. Yeah. She's an important person in a suit. This is when we knew. This is when we knew. Yes. It's a great piece of foreshadowing that I hadn't caught. This is me re-listening to it because I listened to it. In, in that lead up to us doing the live show at yeah. PodX, which you'll hear eventually, soon, in like four more episodes. We're close. I think it's yeah. an, in October. Four five. I think October yeah. we'll get it. I think actually it's the Halloween episode. <gasps> Halloween! Well, on, Dang on it! Halloween, you will we, visit it. But, you know, the uh, the mayoral result is foreshadowed heavily here, which is something I didn't pick up the first time. And I'll just going back very briefly to 
to Cecil before this. I, what I love about Cecil's performance throughout this is that slow burn that he's been doing throughout this arc, like feeling the bubbling up of, of this anger and this resistance getting stronger and stronger is a really fun direction for his character to take. And the performance reflects that. Yeah, the, the pacing's great. Oh yeah. my gosh. I made a note about that actually, that Cecil's performance of this episode, I think, is one of my favorites. Like he's yeah. there's there's times when he's playful, there's times when he's like resistant, there's times when he's trying to like bring people, um, you know, send coded messages and toe the company line. He's really doing so many things that's like reading between the lines, and it's gorgeous, especially when you realize what is coming later. Right. In going back and listening to this episode, it's just, I agree with you, Hal. It's just like, oh, it's just like you're sitting there going, yes, yes. Like um, one of those people that's a conspiracy theory and you're like, it's coming true. <laughs> <laughs> well, with there, your aluminum foil hat on. Yeah. As much as the weird stuff of Night Vale is a hook to get people in, I think what keeps you listening are your investment in the characters mm-hmm. and having these steps forward for, for these characters and getting to learn a little bit more about him other than like a little bit of his romantic story, which obviously that brought us in, but his development as a person here is a really, really strong hook. This, this may be my favorite episode so far mm, that we've yeah. listened to just for the, nothing overstays its welcome. Even, even the Dana stuff, which is, uh, which is odd in a, in a very good way. Mm-hmm. I like that. She's basically a human, a pair of rabbit ears on a television <laughs> and it's got a, like a good piece of foreshadowing in it. It just feels oddly linear. Mm-hmm. And that that clicks with me as a listener. Yeah, I agree with you, Hal. Then speaking to what Symphony was saying, with the, the different tonal shifts and mood shifts uh, mm-hmm. that Cecil is creating in the performance, it really it's really a spectacular. There's like such tension and like, yeah, it really does runs the gamut because it goes from his like him holding Kashik to him mm-hmm. creating that like you, the stuff with station management is super tense where he's like taunting Daniel about how much blood he has. And then yeah. we go to the Dana stuff and then we, you know, we come back like, and then when Lauren Mallard tries to like that, the conversation between Lauren and Cecil where Lauren is like really trying to play him and he's so like, pointed mm-hmm. and and he he like absorbs it and then he comes back and he doesn't like curl up and die I think I thought that was a very strong strong choice of like just being like okay you're definitely 100% evil but you are not gonna <laughs> you don't get to win she's played like a mob boss the way she thought she's like oh yeah what what was your niece's name yeah. Like she knows she knows what his niece's name is. Yeah. She just wants him to say it. She's exerting that control over him. And again, I know we've talked about uh the performance before, but how understated it is and how sweet she plays it just sells the sinister so much better. There are a million ways uh, as an actor that you can attack a text and and I think certainly when you're starting, you go for whatever is the most obvious like Here's the emotion I'm seeing on the page, so I'm just going to play it out right. It's way more interesting for an audience and and for a performer, too, when you play against that and you put it behind something. Exactly, Hal. And I think Meg had said uh, in one of the previous episodes when Lauren was on that she weaponized words, weaponized people's names. She did that with Carlos, and now she did it with Janice. Same thing. She's like, oh, Janice. Yeah, it's Janice. And it's like, you know, there's menace there yeah. while being like so saccharine sweet 
on top of all of that. And I think what makes it genuine and makes you like really believe something is that it's like so men it's like menacing, but like you're like, oh, someone would actually be this way. Someone actually could, if they were this evil and this calculating, they wouldn't be like, I will kill you and your kids. They're doing it in a really subtle and especially since she's in a legal business, and I do that with quotation marks, you know, she's not a mobster. <laughs> she's in a legal business, right? But that, it, it, like, to her able, her being able to change the mood just with her voice and the yeah. way she uses the text is what really is spectacular. Yeah, and then I mean, just the the writing of it too, or the with the kind of gradual systemic attacks. Mm-hmm. against Cecil like the with it's like starting with like saying Carlos and wanting to more about him injuring Kashik setting the Strex pet loose and injuring Kashik now like trying to you know come for Janice it's like and Tamika and Tamika it's like she's trying to take yeah. him down like bit by bit by bit and part of that is maybe because Cecil is a linchpin in the community of Night Vale well, he controls the flow of information, right? Right. Well, he's the vessel of information, even though even though he doesn't control it. So, yeah. so he's, he's yeah. a voice of authority. So if you own him, then it's a lot easier to subjugate a large group of people. Exactly. Because yeah. they can't they can't come directly for Cecil, not yet. Yeah. But they can continue to control him through fear by going after the things that he loves. I love that uh, she in posing sort of a, as a fan, but throws it to weather, sort of like dominates him in that moment. Yes. And takes that away from him. Like, oh, I'm going to do it. Let me do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. And then so she's, It was never a question. Another way to, yeah. There's no, just another way to exert control. Yeah. She's a monster. But she doesn't look like a monster. And she doesn't sound like a monster. But she's a monster. Those are the scariest monsters. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's Dolores Umbridge. Oh, yes. yes! But almost more insidious because Dolores Umbridge looks sweet, but then she does nasty things like right in front of you and yeah. then covers it up as opposed to all of those things happening behind the scenes and only ever sort of inferred by her, by her, by her body language. Have you guys seen Orange is the New Black? I've seen up until I haven't seen the, the most recent season or the season before that. Seven. Okay. Okay. There's this woman, Linda. She like, because it's like a privatized prison, so it's owned by this corporation, Polycon, okay? And this woman is what I imagine Lauren Mallard looks like. And she has, like, <laughs> a brown, like, bob, and she, like, smiles about, like, because they're also doing, like, now uh, detention centers, immigration detention, ICE detention centers. And she's, like, smiling and talking about cost savings and stuff when it's – as commodities instead of people. And this is what I imagine Lauren Mallard is in my head. So if any of you uh, can make that connection, I think you'll totally get what I say, what I say, what I mean. (laughs) 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 What I mean um, that she reminds me of, she's a Linda. Right. She sure is. Up next, we hear from fans and friends of the podcast about their theories, comments, and questions. But first, a conversation about this episode's weather, which is Haunted by Maya Kern. I loved this song. I mean, I love most of this music, but um, I liked how moody it was. I liked how haunting 
I mean, I, obviously it's called Haunted, but uh, I loved how haunting the tune was. Yeah, and I wanted to do witchy stuff to it. I think Maya would encourage that. Is she a witch? I don't know if she's a witch. She definitely did. She's a, um, in my researching of her, I actually like fell in love with her as I started Googling her. Okay. Uh, she's she's uh, an illustrator and uh, comic artist as well as a musician. Cool. And she has a lovely website with lots of like really, really fun, interesting drawings. Her Instagram was really cool. Yeah, her her artwork is really cool. And she has like a pretty good line of uh, enamel pins. I'm like sales pitching her. But uh, Ooh, I then, love enamel pins. And she draws she she draws a lot of babes, babe women being babes together. And I think that's Ooh. great. Hot. Yeah, I'm always down for a quirky, a quirky girl with a ukulele. I think that, you know, I think it's cute every time. Yeah. And in the past, I have said things about ukuleles on this podcast. (laughs) You want to retract them? No, I'm going to stand by them. But Oh, you're doubling down. Double down. Double down. Double down on them. Just because it's not complex doesn't mean that it can't be fun, guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I love this weather. I thought it was a really good compliment to the episode. And the first, those first lyrics... Is your heart is beating? I can see it. I've never felt quite so betrayed. And I know that's <laughs> that what the song is about is not necessarily what the episode is about, right? But that is such a nice dovetail. You know, Cecil's constantly being betrayed right now by Strexcourt, and that relationship, which probably wasn't great to begin with, just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So, just that opening made me, I made that mental co- connection right away, and it pulled me into the song a lot more as well as feeling like the song enhanced the episode. I think in cases like that, sometimes the episode can help enhance my enjoyment of the song. And that happened here. Tender talk, Hal. I love it. This is Tender Talk with Hal Loveland. <laughs> hey, everybody. I don't know if it's just because I play a teen character, but like, I don't know. I watch a lot of teen drama shows like on CW or whatever. Like if it's got a vampire and like you're trying to decide whether to go to prom or be with your vampire boyfriend, like I'm here for it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or if you're like trying to decide whether to give your soul to the devil or not because you're a witch, like I'm here. I'm like your prime audience. Um, But it made me think of like every because teen girls are like not exactly the focus of this episode. But uh, there's lots of, like, women in flux, like, young women in change, like, in this episode, you know, Janice is growing up, is doing stuff. Tamika is, you know, trying to save the town, and Lorne Mallard's coming after her. You know, Dana's on this, like, crazy spiritual and real... (laughs) But it is kind of spirit... She's in a kind of spirit realm. That's what I imagine it is, Mm -hmm. um, type thing. And this song just, I don't know, spoke to me in that way. It was a great underscore to Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Oh, the creek. I don't want to wait. I've watched a good amount of the creek and it it holds up. Actually, I don't don't know if it holds up. It definitely doesn't hold up. You know, I think they tried. I think it's all, uh, uh, most of it is like their their relationships though. Yeah, what it's all about is their relationships. I don't think they talk about like real issues other than I love you Pacey. There's definitely some real stuff that comes in. If I'm remembering correctly, there's like, you know, like teen issues of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of crawling through windows. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Which we all did. I, as I'm, teenagers. Sorry. I'm sorry. That 
maybe happened once in my whole life. Really? I never had <laughs> friends that would just keep crawling in my crawling in and out of my window. My parents were like, shut that shit down. They would be like, no. My friends used the door. Yeah. <laughs> did it happen once or did it happen nuns? Nuts. No, it you know, it happened once. It um, did? This boy named Daniel Rhodes. Oh, mm. called out by name, full first wow. and last. Dragged. Oh, yeah. He doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> he will now. Not with I that hope. attitude. I hope yeah. not, and I'm pretty sure he's married. It's fine. We're friends on Facebook. He came yeah. over before his dad came, went to work. But, like, I look, I was not one of those kids, though, who was like, hey, my best friend just crawls in through my window. I generally. was on the second story, and there was, yeah. like, a, a long fall to the ground. There would be no way to get up it. Yeah. And there was no, like, trellis. No. Because that was always the thing in those houses. They had, like, a trellis to, like, a half roof. And then people would just, like, climb up and in. I'm like, when your parents see the fucking ladder on the outside of your house. On Dawson's Creek, she uses a fucking ladder. Does it, like, roll out? Or is it just out? It's like, a, yeah, they just, like, keep a ladder for her to use. And I'm like, dude, if you're going to just, like, <sighs> use the front door, what are you raised in, a barn? Like, <laughs> if your parents are cool with you being there, enough so that they're storing a ladder for by which... So you can access. Why not just like use the front door? Yeah. Because it's not like it's a, a clubhouse or anything or a treehouse. No, it's Dawson's crappy bedroom. <laughs> he loved movies. I'm going to be a filmmaker. I just think about like teenage boy bedroom and it's like, you know, everything in there is sticky. You know, like, you know, it, it. smells bad in there. Yeah. Uh, it smells like, what does it, what does it smell like? It smells like Fritos and ass is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, my room didn't stink. No. Well, Hal, you're a, fasti- you're a fastidious individual. I am a fastidious individual. I I keep high standards. <laughs> everything in its place and a place for everything. The ass stink goes in the bathroom. And a spin class where you have your face in someone's ass all the time. <laughs> and then yeah. hopefully the shower floor. Just leaving it all behind. Yes. Let it go down the drain. Like, leave that stink in the shower. Like the blood in Psycho, it goes right down the drain. Exactly. Never to be seen again. So when I would be watching football with my uncles, occasionally, like during just at any random point during the game, they would be talking about a player. And one of my uncles would go, you know, his room smells like ass. (laughs) 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 Like like these big beefy linebackers. And they're like, this beefy, beefy, like, yeah, you know, his room smells like ass. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, oh, God, I can't even deny it. Because you know it does. It's a washing issue. Yeah. yeah. Just like. Wash you know. your butt, everybody. Wash <laughs> your butt, football players. Wash that butt. Dude, I say wash all of your crevices. Yeah, but the, if, you, if it smells like ass, then the ass is the problem. <laughs> Get in there. But I think people use the word ass, like it smells like ass, to mean any stinky smell, right? It could be BO smell. It could be socks, stinky socks smell. I think it just smells like a swamp ass. I hate when people say it smells like toes. Or it smells like feet. I'm like repulsed <laughs> by that phrase. <laughs> you know what I mean? People do say that and I'm like, I want to throw up. I hate that. What if it smells like like puppy feet where it smells like popcorn? Oh, that's yeah. cute. See, that's an okay foot smell. It's nice that dog's feet smell good. For a little while. Until they step in poo-poo. Yeah. And then, well, then they get older and everybody's, everybody foot stink at some point. Your foot stink. His foot stink, her foot stink, their foot stink, dog foot stink, every foot stink. 
Foot stink. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag foot stink. Hashtag just do it. Uh-huh. Tell us about it. Please hashtag, don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. Okay. Don't tell us about anything that smells, that comes from a body that doesn't smell good. It doesn't smell like warm baking cookies. That is the only smell mm. I want to hear about is warm baking cookies. Oh, that does. I love, I love that, that smell. smell. Joseph made cookies tonight. <laughs> does it smell like cookies right now? It does. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I told, I walked in downstairs and I was like, Joseph, I'm, I'm doing cookies tonight. And he's like, I'm making cookies tonight. I'm like, no, I'm recording the episode of cookies. And he's like, oh, no, I'm making cookies tonight. So he made us cookies. Um, <laughs> Send me one. Yeah. I want a cookie. Through email. email. Yeah. I was, if, if we recorded in a studio, I would have made cookies for all of us tonight, but we don't. Yeah. So instead I just That's ate more me. cookies than I should have. <laughs> and it felt good. Um, but yeah, so I told Joseph, I was like, for the for the Nightville Good Morning Nightville patrons, we're going to do a live stream where him and I make rubber cookies, and rubber cookies mm. are the, the cookies he likes to make that are delicious. And rubber is a misnomer, but we're going to make them for. Uh, we'll do a live stream, and we will uh, take questions. Yeah. While we make cookies, and oh, uh, live in great domestic bliss. So shit like that happens on the Patreon. Patreon. That's right. Or if you're there, just send us stuff you want us to talk about. Joseph and I as I can exploit my relationship to him to get cookies and questions answered. That's what being married is all about. Yeah. Speaking of being married, what that's all about, we're married to our love of bread and sauce and cheese and the fans of this show. Stay right there. Good Morning Night Vale will return after a brief break. That's the sound of me smelling my own armpit because I smell like a coconut vanilla cookie. And I smell like that because of native deodorant. Good Morning Night Vale is very pleased to be able to offer you 20% off of your first purchase of native deodorant by going to nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code GOODMORNING at checkout. I find myself very lucky to live in a time in history when deodorant exists. Think about how bad George Washington must have smelled and be grateful that you don't have to go anywhere near that. I don't want you to be stinky. I want you to smell great. And I want you to do that without endangering your body with harsh chemicals. Native deodorant can do that for you. Their products are naturally formulated and aluminum free. So you're not gonna be slowly poisoned by your own armpits. You're gonna have to find another way to die. And while you're finding that other way to die, you will smell great with a naturally derived deodorant that actually works. Native deodorant is not tested on animals, so no narwhals, which are real, will be injured for you to smell awesome. Visit nativedeodorant.com, use promo code GOODMORNING, and don't smell like George Washington. Do you have trouble getting the sleepies like I do, having a good night's sleep, like a full night's sleep? Let me introduce you to Feels, which is the premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. If you're like me and you have trouble, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, pain, or sleeplessness, then you just put a few drops of Feels under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within minutes. And if you're like me and you are new to CBD like I was, they offer a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash good morning and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash good morning to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash good morning. 
Zone. Casey writes, first of all, I like the way that Casey spells their name. Hell yeah. C-A-Y-S-I, badass. Casey writes, hi, I have a theory that every time there's an episode with a mirrored number, such as 44, which we are doing today, or 33, 22, 11, a new version of Night Vale collides with the one we normally hear from. First, we have 11, wheat and wheat byproducts, where wheat and its byproducts suddenly transform into destructive spirits, where we even have the technical difficulties part, where it sounds like Cecil is choking before he says these problems have been corrected. Then in 22, after establishing that Night Vale is a barren desert, we suddenly have a whispering forest. 33 is cassettes, where Cecil finds cassettes of things not from his own reality. 44 is Girl Scout cookies, where Cecil suddenly mentions he has a niece, and Strex Corp buys all of the cookies, including the inhumanly, inhumanly heavy unmarked boxes. 55 is the episode where staff from the University of What It Is, which Carlos has never mentioned before, suddenly pops up. I could go on all the way through the series, but I think you get it, LOL. Thanks for reading, y'all. P.S. If this makes it on the show, please have Hal read it. I dream of being Steve Carlsberg, so that would make my year. Thank. First of all, get up off my jock. I'm Steve. You can't be Steve. (laughs) I'm happy to read this. It is an interesting theory. I think, here's the interesting thing. I think parts of it, like, oh, this is a huge shift in reality. Other parts are just reveals of information. Like, we may not have heard of the niece before, but doesn't mean she wasn't there. It's just sort of expanding of the world. However, the idea of these giant tonal shifts I like a lot so now as we get to 55 and 66 and so forth I'm going to be looking for that specifically and it's all because of you Casey it's all because of you yeah I agree I also think that to to speaking to your theory for episode 44 is it's revealed that Dana is blinking in and out of time she's able to go to the future and see her future Mm. self Mm -hmm. yeah so there's like that's another aspect to the dualities or new dimensions that are revealed in these mirrored episodes. So I think that's a interesting theory. Uh, also, I don't know if we talked about it before with blinking in that existence, but intern Maureen is alive, right? Which yeah. we we didn't know. This is when we find out for sure. Like, yeah. we weren't sure what happened to her because he didn't say to the parents of, you know, to the family of uh, intern Maureen. But like now we find out. She over there. Yeah, she's not actually dead because Maureen Johnson launched a Twitter campaign to have her namesake character not actually be dead. That's right. Good job, Maureen. Yeah. And it's confirmed in this episode that she's just in the other world with non-Peters or John Peters and non-Peters is in Night Vale now. Also, I'm spelling that (laughs) N-A-A-N. Like Uh, like garlic non? (laughs) Yes. That's my favorite. Mm. I love naan, and I also love when I order Indian food for a group of people. I'm like, does everyone want a naan? I don't want us to run out of naan. I don't want to have a naan issue. It's my favorite joke. Uh, <laughs> it's that's my a good favorite. One. It's my. You could use it at home next time you're ordering Indian food. I hope that you never have a naan issue where there's a lack of naan or too much naan. There's Although, never too much naan. Well, recently in Chicago, actually, Joseph and I had a too much naan situation. We went to a delicious Indian restaurant. And we ordered the non-sampler, like dweebs, thinking that it would just be like a couple pieces. And it was like a full 15, basket. 15, no, it was like 15 pieces of naan. It was, it like was a Rolodex rosemary. of naan. Yes. It was every kind that they made. Did wow. you fold, did you like do like um, cards and like, you know, like go like the deck? You yeah. Know? We make, made it rain. <laughs> I like, we, t- we tucked in and tried to do our best, but it's always hard when you're leaving bread behind. 
And that's yeah. a non-issue. <laughs> uh, our next submission comes from Habiba. Habiba says, hi, all. I've been really enjoying listening to Good Morning Night Vale. As someone who's never seen y'all at a convention, it's really fun to hear the behind-the-scenes stories for the first time. The thing I generally love about Night Vale most is the dedication and continuity unfolding over the years. That and the silly laugh-out-loud lines that catch me by surprise. One comment about episode 44, Cookies, if I've managed to catch you in time for that one. You sure did. The first time I heard the up-next line at the end of the episode, a lifetime of self-questioning followed by conflicting answers from an unreliable source, it struck me as the most profound and relatable summation of the human condition I've ever come across in any work of fiction. Also, I generally agree with Hal about the weather. That's not usually integral to any episode. I really love Pretty Little Head by Eliza Rickman, which is episode 45, the next one coming up. Uh, One of the weathers that made it out of the podcast and into my music playlist. The other one is Black Eyes by David Wurzig, episode 75, Through the Narrow Place. Best Habiba, who mentions that they're from the UK. Cheers. (laughs) Yes. Cheers, Habiba. Um, Yeah, this uh, episode does have a lot of lines that I also found uh, inspirational or like really stood out to me. In particular, the Proverbs, which we don't normally talk about, but this one is one of my favorite ones. It's at your smallest components, you are indistinguishable from a forest fire. I literally have that. Someone made a piece of artwork when we stayed, remember when we stayed at that really nice hotel in North in New Orleans? Was that the, the Four Roosevelt? Seasons? The, yes, yes. That really nice one. And somebody made us, someone who worked there, made, wrote, like, drew little pictures for us with Nightville quotes on them and mm. left them in each of our rooms. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was that hotel really was nice. ridiculous. <laughs> it was amazing. And so thanks for that, Meg. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Also, that it's like literally hangs in my bathroom right now. So that that line was really uh, strong for me. Their name is Sylvia because I emailed. I usually try to email hotels before we show up and say like, "Hey, we're going to come in. We're like a bunch of people, and we're going to want to check in. And these are our, like this is who we are." Um, and people usually don't respond, but the concierge responded that they were a fan, and then they they, uh-huh. they just said, um, oh, "Let me see." Their name is Sylvia. Um, what did they say? They said like stuff about the glow cloud and they were, they, yeah, they sent like a normal email. And then the end, it was just PS. I hope you don't get caught by the glow cloud during your travels. Uh, and then I responded aww. being like, yes. And then, so when we got to the hotel, all of our rooms each had a little piece of night veil art, um, wow. that Sylvia had created and put in our, in our rooms at this hotel. That was absolutely totally bonkers. It was like, it was just, okay, listen, I'll, I'll say it was July yeah. in New Orleans. So hotels were very cheap. <laughs> so, <laughs> not a lot of people heading out there Not a lot of people uh, really flocking to New Orleans in July, unless they're, you know, doing much night fell. But yeah, Sylvia hooked it up and we had a really nice time staying there. And now I have that art in my bathroom and yeah. around, around my home. Yeah. And I agree with you, Habiba. I never, I didn't really think about the up next until I read it in your email, which is a lifetime of self-questioning followed by conflicting answers from unreliable, an unreliable source. Isn't that just life? It's life, yep. especially doctors. Oh, <laughs> Dr. Shade. Oh, the shade. I don't want to. Uh, doctors. Unless of course you're a doctor who's a night bell listener. And then I, I totally respect you and I'm here for you. Also but, help us. We're artists. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think I have, I'm dying. I have, I have TMJ. <laughs> um, I have TMJ. Will you smell this? <laughs> I've got a weird mole. Yeah. Oh, I have so many a weird mole. 
and I have TMJ, and I have arrhythmia, guys. It's all just weird. Oh, my God. Look, Meg, if you ever drop, I'm there for you. I will pump your chest. I am CPR and AED certified. I appreciate that you are. I'm not, but I'll pace around going, somebody should do something. She has TMJ. (laughs) Yeah. She has TMJ. The clicking. (laughs) Somebody think about the clicking. It's hard for her to eat sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand the pain? Do you? See, I, I like in situations like that, I get like really clear and I'll be like, hell, you call 911. You over there, go do this. And I'm you, like, cut that sandwich <laughs> up for her. Cut that sandwich up. You boil some water. Pump, 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 boil pump. Some Two breaths. <laughs> Isn't that they always make you boil water? And it's like, that is what, true. Are, how, what are you going to use boil water for? You give you something to do. Yeah. Boiled water. Get some clean rags. And Quick, boil. I need boiled water. <laughs> Give her a nice brandy. All Get right. me some boiled water ASAP. Uh, and finally, we have Kristen in the Cal Zone. Kristen writes, in episode 44, cookies. <laughs> cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cookies. Cookies. Cecil once again chews out Steve Carlsberg for some misdeed, real or imagined, but we never get to hear Steve's side of the story. How? Please give Steve this moment to defend himself. You have 90 seconds of the clock. Go. Steve is single parenting it right now. He's doing the best he can. He loves his daughter very much. He loves his wife very much. He loves his brother-in-law very much. And some things uh, fall through the cracks. Plus, Steve's the only one who knows what's really going on. He knows those aren't actual Girl Scout cookies. He knows they're serving an evil purpose. He probably knew uh, what was coming up with the with the company uh, barbecue, that cookout that was happening. So, I mean, come on. He's the only one who knows what's going on. He's not going to support something that's evil and bad for his daughter. He's not blind like some people. Well, we'll see in <laughs> court. Thanks. In court? <laughs> Why do I have to go to court about it? Isn't that what they do these days with all parents? Take them to court. Take them to court. (laughs) All parents go to court. You know that movie. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. (laughs) Thank you all so very much for listening this week. Thank you so much for writing into the fan zone to tell us about cookies. Thank you to Cookies for existing. Thank you to my husband, Joseph, for making me cookies tonight. He will make us all cookies on the Patreon sometime soon. Stay tuned for that. Next week is no show (laughs) because we are bi-weekly. So the next episode in two weeks will be a story about them. And as always, (laughs) good morning, Night Vale. Good morning. Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Lublin, and Meg Bashwinner. It is edited by Grant Stewart. It is mixed by Vincent Cachione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. Special thanks to our fans who submitted their thoughts this week. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions or to tell us about a cookie you like. This show is powered by our patrons like Ben Sharon, Paul Wafer, 
Kate LeFevers, Kuka Maria Westman, and Lindsay Schneider. If you are interested in supporting this show in exchange for ad-free episodes, pictures and stories from the road, or a hand-selected subscription box service of Night Vale stuff accumulating in my home, check us out at patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. For more information on this show, go to Good Morning Night vale. For more information on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Nightvale Chat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb is uneaten. 40% of all food in the US goes uneaten. Some of that food is cookies. Get to work, America. I want you to write a story about a wedding reception. I want you to make that story two minutes. That's about 200 to 250 words when you read it out loud. Finish it, refine it a bit, work on it, get it to somewhere that you are happy with it. I want you to delete it. That's me, Joseph Fink, giving a short writing assignment on me and my Welcome to Night Vale co-writer, Jeffrey Craner's new podcast, Start With This. If that prompt sparked your creativity, then give it a listen, because on this show, it's you who will do the creating. Not sure where to start? Start with this. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.